And starting recording. And avoid your legal snags. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and good night, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I am John. I'm Jeremy. Welcome, welcome, folks. All right. So, quick bit of news. Jeremy, did you hear about this? Um, apparently, under first and foremost, uh, please donate to the Sherry Joe uh, Reconstruction Fund. Um, that will be posted in the link below. But apparently tied to the unfortunate tragedy of Sherry Joe, there is actually a interesting little bit of news that came out of that. Um, the war tunnels that were under Shuri Joe that were dug out by the Japanese military during World War II are now accessible. Hmm. They weren't before because of the construction over top of them. Mm -hmm. But those tunnels are intact. Hmm. So... That's, a... That's interesting. I mean... I mean, I remember going into some of those tunnels that, that, that you could go into when I was there. And it was, um, that was a complete, um, just, I, I, don't, I don't know, just a mind-numb experience. Like, wow. I mean, it was just, it was so many wow moments. You're like, whoa, whoa. You know, it's not like, you know, being over here reading about World War II in a, in a history book is like, okay, this is where it was really happening. You know, I was like, wow. You know, it was just kind of wild. So, I mean, you know, and I mean, in some ways, think about it as, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a tragedy that Shuri Joe Castle is, has been devastated the way that it has been, but in some ways, maybe this is another almost blessing where now you've got an extra piece to to uh show you know show tourists and people who want to learn about it so well it's a definite it's a, another part of history that at that time sherry joe was used as a fortification mm -hmm. uh base and the sad part well it the sad because if we talked about this before but you know if you go to sherry joe it's built like a castle. You yeah. cannot get you cannot get up it, and like it's not easily accessible. It's on a hill. Yeah. Um, so, strategically speaking, yeah, I guess it's it's worth it. Um, yeah, it, it does really. There are a lot of other things that bear into consideration with Sherry Joe, like how it gets how it's going to get rebuilt again, and this might be another opportunity to have history kind of revealed to people and in, in a different way and. I think it's interesting, and we'll link that kind of article down below. But it's it's an interesting little bit of, a, you know, like you said, a blessing in disguise, I suppose. So yeah. But it's nice to see that the government's actually getting off its arse and and saying we will rebuild Sherry Joe. It's just hopefully they'll actually move on it, but it just it it will take a long time. So, yeah. Well, yeah. on to happier news. So, expectations. That's um, an odd transition, if anything. And I'm yeah. very bad at them on this podcast. 
So uh, we were, you and I were t- talking a little bit about expectations versus reality um, in terms of training and kind of what we feel is necessary and what we don't feel is necessary in training. And so today we are going to tackle this subject with all the tackling we can do. Do, do we tackle in karate? Well, sometimes. Sometimes, well, I suppose. Well, I'll <laughs> <laughs> Tackle. Hey, hey so, it, it works for rugby, so hey, it might as well work for karate too, right? So, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Let's 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 use rugby, not football, but oh well. Yeah, yeah. I'm about All right. Yeah. The Eagles lost another game, so I'm I'm kind of out with football this year. Mm. Yeah. No, Chiefs are still in it, so that's a good thing. So, this has been football talk and karate without belts. All right. So, oh, yeah. All right. You blame well, me for that one. So, expectations. How the, what what can we first say about expectations in terms of training? Well, uh, the first thing I I think about whenever I start thinking about expectations and stuff, you got your own personal expectations, whether it's training or teaching, how that's going to affect affect your students, how that's going to affect you, how that's going to affect your training, stuff like that. Then the other part is always look at the expectations from the student's point of view. And if you've got a younger student, obviously you got to take into account the parents' expectations of what they're learning as well, too. Right. So I guess one thing we can we can we can talk about here is like what would be our expect what do you think should be a general expectation for people who teach or even general expectation for people who are uh, who consider themselves serious practitioners of karate? What do you feel a lot of people have in terms of their expectations and what do you think their expectations should be? Well, I my expectations from students, whether current or past, has always been, okay, one, know how to be aware, two, be in the moment on everything that you're doing. Because I, th- I, think, I think one of the things that a lot of instructors get into a trap of is they get into what I like, what I call the checklist trap. Check, check, mm. check, 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 check. Okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do count of one, count of two, count of three, count of four. Do 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 do. But you know, it gets into quality versus quantity. And for me, and and I've I've told a couple of stories on here. I'd rather have somebody do notch and show on for two hours than go through 20 different I I'd rather um, have one thing down to, to a T or I wouldn't say a T but at least really get in depth and really start analyzing things really start looking at what are you doing what are you thinking about are you actually present when you're doing this more times no than you are. And it's like, and one of my big things is 
if you're not present while you're training, how you train is how you're going to be outside of the dojo. Mm. Well, and, I think that, yeah. And, and I, that, that's just one of my expectations always been. How you train is how you're going to be out of the dojo, you know. So in, in some ways, it is kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to go back to football talk, but I mean, I, I was listening to, you know, some of the coaches, you know, over the years. And it's like, look, when we train, we train as if we're, we're on game day. And it's like, okay, which makes sense. And there's nuance to that, but the... I think that 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 brings a very good point where you're talking about the presence of mind when we talk when we consider our serious students, um, because an expectation of the students and what what we expect from them uh, doesn't always match a reality. And the unfortunate part is, you don't have the students you want. You have the students you have, right? So it's you don't always get to have the best students or you don't always have the ideal students, right? In an ideal world, you would want students who will be completely, you know, humble and listen to everything that you say and ask the questions that you really want them to ask and have the conversations you really want and have to have them have the attitudes just the right way. But in reality, people are people. And but, you know, you, you bring up that point, which is kind of interesting. And I think that's one of the things from my point of view, from, from, you know, me being an instructor over years is I look at that and I'm like, okay, this student's not, not communicating, communicating to me the way I want. We're not, there's some type of conflict, whether it's personality, whether it's training, whether it's expectations, whatever it is. So then I start looking at myself, how can I get this person or this student or, you know, to, to, to evolve into what I'm looking for so that I can move them forward. Right. So, so it becomes kind of, I hate to say it, it becomes kind of a dance and it, and it does. I mean, that's, and that's the going back and forth of it because you want like the reality, trying to, to match a student to, to your expectations Sometimes you need to adjust them or understand that they're not going to get there in that time. Um, we both understand kind of the heartbreak that goes through. To, you put the time and the effort into the student, and then I either A, it doesn't work, or B, they just end up quitting. So both are very frustrating. But I think, especially with this, with our... We, at least the people we feel are more serious students, they don't always understand the expectation is that, you know, karate is something that just they do. You wake up, you go to the bathroom, you put on your clothes, you do karate. And not everyone will have that mentality. Some people have that mentality is, I've got that karate lesson Tuesday, th Tuesday and Thursday, and maybe I can go on Saturdays if I really want to. You know, it's, so. it's, a, it, it's a great cross-training with my Pilates and yoga and whatever else, you know, it's just... I mean, that's, I mean, if that's your expectation, that, that's fine. I mean, but, you know, if, if that's what you're looking for, you know, maybe you need to look at more, 
more of a commercial space dojo. You know, I, that, that's my, the, I, I guess, whereas I like to kind of call them Mac dojos sometimes, you know, it's like they're just, they're just churning and burning people in and out. It's not. Well, and those places don't care about students. They care about numbers. They care at like, we you know we they don't care about. I, I've rarely ever seen it seen seen those people actually care about. I call those people who run those schools owners. They're not they're not teachers, they're owners, and they, they they don't really care about the student. But, you know, what we, we, I think our expectations as people who've been training for a long time is, we want kind of, mini uses. You know, we want to kind of. Rep, not necessarily replicate us, but at least replicate our attitude towards karate. Yeah, I mean, I guess for me, it's not so much mini. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need a mini me. I'll tell you that much right now. Um, I, I look at like, I, I try to, I try to instill, you know, some of the life lessons that I learned, try to build off the foundation that I learned and let them kind of build their own you know, journey in life. Not so much, hey, this this is my this is my journey. Therefore, you should have this journey. Well, you know, it's no, not, no. I, I mean, that's wrong, and that's not not my place to do that. And you know, it, it was one of those things where going back to a long time ago. Um, um, I'm, I'm not going to say who it was, but this person was showing me this technique and it was doing one thing and then crossing completely across the body. Well, this person was much smaller than I was and yeah, that person might have made that work. Me, I'm kind of a big guy. I'm not going to cross across him. You know, if I'm on the outside, I'm not going to cross across him. I'm going to make something happen. You know, yeah. I mean, and you know, and and I'm I wasn't trying, wasn't trying to be mean, but it's like that's not going to work for me, and I know that. I know that, and that's kind of what I want to instill in, in my students. I may show them something, and it's like this may work for you, this may not work for you. Like one of the things for me, like on technique, like whenever I get. Somebody, when we we're we we're doing like hand grappling or tweete. Right. I got somebody that's rooting, as I like to call them, they're root down. They're real hard to move. Kind of one of the things that that works for me doesn't work for everybody else. Because, like I said, I'm I'm a pretty pretty big guy. I mean, while it was, I'll bump into him. I'll get them just enough off balance to where, boom, then I can pop that technique on somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, is it something in the curriculum or, hey, we're, we're going to teach bumps today? No, it's something I figured out along my, me being a, a dummy, you know, trying to figure out how to make stuff work. And, and that's kind of what I try to instill in people. You know, a lot of my students, they're not going to be able to do that. Are they going to be able to do something else? Yeah, sure. Yeah, because not all the t- not not everything's going to work for everyone in the same way. Yeah, exactly. And they can pick something, and they can find something that's going to work for them. That's good. That's going to work for them. 
but you're trying to your your expectation of the student in that in that case is not do as I say, but it's it's think like it's th think more think more analytically. Right. And when you have a student expecting, hopefully, students will, will catch on to that and start start the motors will start going on that. But that doesn't always happen, and it doesn't always happen the way you want it to, right? No. Um, and that that's the I mean that's the reality is that though that's going to be an aspect of training that I I would say I then don't necessarily need to say this cautiously because I've known you so long but you expect that of people you expect people to at least try to start start thinking more analytically of stuff that's not always going to happen in the way that you wanted to but at least that's an expectation right 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 absolutely I mean think for yourself I mean yeah, it's you know, I, and I'm I'm running into this in my college course that I'm that I'm teaching right now. I've got I got some people there in there just for the grade, and I've got people in there who have delayed their graduation just to take a conference with me because I've done this before. Yeah. So, you know, and I mean. And the two people that have delayed their graduation, they basically came up and told me, like, look, we don't care what our, we don't want to fail because we want to graduate. But they're like, we're trying to get everything we can from you in this, in this arena because you, you, you've been there and done it. Mm. So then I guess with the kind of going on that, you know, how do we adjust our, how do we adjust our expectations for students who may may or may not necessarily think the way we do or that necessarily, you know, we don't communicate what they want so clearly? How do we get them to do the things that we require that we, you know, want them to do? Um, how do we get that? How do we get them and get that out of them? How do we get that expectation out of them? Or do we need to adjust our expectations in that regard? Well, one, I'll say this. I don't think we adjust expectations ever. I mean, that's me because you start adjusting your expectations, you adjust yourself. Right. And you adjust what you bring to the table. I guess expectations in that in that matter isn't the right word. I guess standards would probably be a better word. Well, same way. I mean, you, you, expectations, standards, um, whatever... You know, what whatever whatever you you decide I mean you're you're the expert I mean when you're the instructor you're the expert in how that student should go now as an instructor now I, I will say this there have been a handful of times where I've had students just I mean we just did not gel at all I mean it right. was like it was, it was like mud and water. I mean, you know, or water and dirt, and we made mud. And we're like, no, this just did not work. And I have, you know, at that point, you know, I got to look at, am I so committed to the student, I just want them to stay with me? Or am I committed to the student to where I want them to get this? So maybe I say, hey, look, you know, I, I think you're going to be better off learning over here with this person at least for this piece of it or maybe, or whatever you're trying to get out of it because I'm not getting through to you. 
and I think this person might be able to, to get right. through. And, and I think that's where, you know, as an instructor, you got to put your ego away. Right. You, you've got, I mean, you've got to build relationships with other instructors. You know, I, do I have all the answers? No, I don't. I don't want to have all the answers. I really don't. But I do want to be able to trust people around me who teach and like how they teach, understand what their standards are, what their, what their core philosophies are, what they're about. And maybe I can't get to somebody, maybe somebody else, you know, with a little bit different outlook is going to be a much better fit for them. And that's fine. Right. And, and I, mean, I can't take it personal, you know? Yeah, you know, those are, I mean, those are good points. And hopefully we, hopefully anybody who's lucky enough to be able to be, A, that open-minded towards towards the community around them, and B, have a community around them that will be open-minded enough towards them. Yeah, um, I, otherwise, I mean, you're kind of stuck in a weird situation where you want, you want to send someone to someone else, but you really can't. So... Well, I mean, there's only there's only a handful of places that I I would not send a student to, but that that's that that's a off off topic. That goes uh, that, that goes in a different direction that, entirely. Yeah, that that's a not eating sushi and drinking sake or all morning one or two. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, let's, but, re- let's, re- let's real let's reel this fish back into. Uh, to, to one thing in terms of kind of expectations and training. Um, we kind of t- so we talked a little bit about students and, and what we expect of them. But I think that's something that's not really talked about a lot is teachers and their training. Right. And yeah. what, and, and I guess because it's, it's hard to, for us to separate teacher and just guy who does karate, mm-hmm. right. Or a person who does karate. I guess what would be the standard or what would be the expectation or what, what would be like the ride or die in terms of what needs to happen in, for that person on a daily basis in terms of their own training as to, to even to be considered a, a, te- a good teacher, right? I, I, think, I think in that aspect, you, you kind of got a dual-edged sword. You got to definitely keep your skills up. Honestly. Right. You, but on the same token, you've got to be able to keep your skills up communicating what you're teaching as well. And I think a lot of people get into that trap where, well, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm just good enough, it'll just come out and it, it'll just be there. It's like, well, maybe, maybe not. Right. You could be, a great, you could be great at karate, but terrible at, show, at showing it. Well, I mean, you may even be good at showing it, but, you know, sometimes it's interesting because I'll just kind of tell you a little story. Um, When my daughter was asking me, you know, some things about, somehow we got on topic about when I was a really young kid, I had hearing loss. And I, I didn't, I wasn't able to hear very well at all. And it was hard for me to hear people tell me instructions. And I got to the point where I listened, but I'd also watch people's lips. 
No, do you know how to read lips? No, but not not completely. But I mean, I if I heard just enough, I could put it together. If I had two senses, like if I had my vision and my hearing going, it, I could put most of what somebody was telling me, e- even at oh, like five or six. I mean, I could that way. I I didn't get in trouble from mom and dad. You know, right. <laughs> that was the whole point of it. But. I mean, I wasn't great at it, but it was something that helped me out and helped me manage where I was at in life. And I, and I think, I think that's reeling this back in. I think that's part of it. Yeah, you can show somebody, you know, the best technique in the world, but sometimes somebody may not see it. They may have to hear it. They may have to feel it they may have to they may have to do some some other sense to actually get what's going on with what you're trying to teach them if that makes sense no and that and that's that's important because if you it it goes back to if you can kind of figure out yourself you should be able to figure out other people and so if you are able to figure out how something works like a good example would be if you can if you understand why a stance is a stance, like seisan, seisan mm-hmm. or or zenkuzu dash, however you want to you want to whatever you want to call it, front stance. Right. Um, the per- what are the purposes of that? If you can understand if you understand what the purposes of that are, or for the purposes of what you're showing it for are, mm-hmm. then you should be able to help other people get to that point. Right. But then the other issue comes, every room, everyone in the room might be at a different point of understanding in terms of that. Right. Absolutely. So in this, and that's what separates like the real karate people from the, the Mac Dojo people. Um, the Mac Tay, if we could. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> a double with a double double quarter kata. Um, yeah. but uh, you know the difference between karate and makte is is wide and various. But the the difference would be is if you actually spent time on tr- and you could actually tell how everyone else in the room was, and going through the steps of being able to take everybody from A to Z in terms of too many coins. Um. And A to Z in terms of how that, how, for example, the front stance needs to be and why it needs to be that way. And then how are you going to execute whatever you're trying to execute? I don't want to get like super, super specific because other people got different ideas on how that's supposed to work. So, right. I mean, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll go back to my experience with Robbie, my first instructor. I mean, he would explain it to me. You know, he'd say, this is boom, 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 boom. This is the structural part of what you need to know how to make this stance work. Okay, great. Then he would go about and then he'd put me in a stance like, this is how you balance in this stance. You know, and I mean, he hit you from, you know, eight different directions. And you've seen me do that. I mean, right. if, you, if you're in a stance, okay, you know, you know, hit you from the front, hit you from the back, hit you from the side. Are you still balanced? If not, then it's not, not correct. So in that aspect, he was 
he was implementing not just showing me, not just telling me, but also making me feel it. Right. So in that, in that aspect, I mean, I had three senses to, to go off of, not only to know it, but also to explain it. So I, I, think, I think that's key for a lot of people. Or, or I mean, I could be wrong, but it's key. It's key to being able to see how things work, right? And if you're not, especially, you got to think of it this way: you know, what 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 makes karate training karate training, and what makes that different from other training? What makes that different from Wing Chun? What makes that different from Taekwondo? What makes that different from Mm. Jiu-jitsu. What makes that different from Aiki? What makes that different from Idol? Um, and we could name specifics, you know, like stances, stances, makiwara training, different different kind different kind ki- kinds of sparring, different kinds of katas. Um, but interpretation, you know, I mean, it, it, yeah, it keeps going on and on and on. Interpretation of, of yeah, and then. And then that'll get into who's your teacher, who's your lineage, yeah. all that stuff, um, which I don't know. I that tends to be a short conversation, but it, you know, it, it's either a very short conversation or it's the conversation that lasts decades and decades. So it's kind of yeah. But so. if you can, if you can be able to kind of interpret what you think is important to your students. Or kind of translate that into, into your teaching, right? Because if you, like, what would be something a, a teacher needs to do every day to be able to keep up their skills? I would say this is kind of what I've done in the past. One, start with whatever foundation I'm going to begin with. It's like, okay, so I'm always going to do. Not showdown. I'm always going to do exercise one, two, and three. You know, I mean, then I'm always going to do probably tomorrow, like a tomorrow saison. Then I'll probably do, you know, something with a bow, just just as a standard, and probably suburito training. That's I I would say that would be my found that would be my foundation. Boom, right there on a daily basis. On a daily basis. So that would be about. I mean, just going through, just going through that, right? Not really analyzing it, just, just going through. And I think on that aspect, those are things that I've gone through over and over and over. So on a daily basis, I would say, I know I've done this where I would just go through those, just go through those on a daily basis. Maybe once a month, really look at them like really heavy and intense. Then from that, pick something that I'm going to be working on, like maybe a different weapon, and then maybe um, you know a different kata, like let's say Kusanku. Pick that kata to really work on, and then work on maybe Aku or something like that. And then that would just kind of evolve into what I'm trying to teach, whether it's technique, 
whether it's the actual kata, whether it, whatever it is. But I mean, that way I can throw that into the mix of what I'm teaching. So. And okay. Do you think that do you think those things that you go through on a daily basis are also going to be the same things you do in class, or are those the same what you do on a daily basis, or should be the same thing that you do in a class? I think you pick and choose. I th I think there are certain staples that you will always that you that I always did in class. Right. Like exercise one nine to show on that was almost always in class. Um, you you could almost bet bet dollars to donuts that I was probably going to do Zuberito training almost three weeks out of the month. I mean, those were almost a given. Period. Um, a lot of times I would do. I do uh, tomorrow, tomorrow saison. Uh, that kind of a lot. That that's typical. Uh, that was always typical in most of my classes. Bo, um, Bo would be more along the lines of if if weapons came out past the Subarito. Yeah, that would come out. Uh, exercise two would usually come out as well too. I mean, right. I mean that 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 would that would be kind of my standard thing. So I mean, I, that may be that may not be everybody else's standard, but I think that's right. That, but... that, 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 that's that's what I would. That's what I always those staples, and then I do something else. But we can use that specific as a, as a kind of a standard that people that people who are training people who are who see this as something that's a part of them rather than just seeing it as something they do Monday to Monday Monday and Wednesday, right. um, because I think there is a there is a mentality of people who take who take it far take karate far too seriously to the point where it's a little ridiculous and there's people who don't take it seriously at all and only see it as an exercise in which. Both sides kind of are a little mind-numbing, um, but you know, there's kind of those of us nicely in the middle who see karate as something we do as part of our lives. But you know, we <laughs> we're self-aware to understanding that um, it's not the only thing. Yeah. So I think that but that's a good example of how you take what your personal training is. And putting that into putting that into your into your actual classes. Um, not everybody teaches, and I think that's that's fine. I'm. I think there's a growing number of people who are actually are not teaching. Um, yeah. But... And, and I mean, right right now, I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. I I don't teach much hardly at all anymore. And and I'm I'm okay with it, but I mean, certain people I work with, but I don't yeah. Know. But I mean, there's there's other extenuating reasons I believe well, that's happening as well. Not just you know, every, everyone's got their own reason, but being able to we have that kind of ride and die aspect to our training. 
yeah, I I don't know necessarily saying ride and die is the necessarily the right word for that or the right phrase for that, but we have our own personal personal things where we'd say this is what's important to our train, and everyone who learns ends up I think getting that. So I think think I, I I don't I don't think everybody does. I I really, really? don't. I, I I think some people get it and other people don't. And, you know, for, for the system that we've been a part, part of and stuff, you know, I mean, Nanchi Shodan is like kind of our staple. You know, um, the Katas are basically our staple of what we do. And a lot of people, they learn them. And over years, they just glance over them. You know, hey, it's, it's just like the first two or three katas and do just run through them. Okay, now we get on to what we want to do. I was like, wait a minute. You know, you know, if if you're not taking care of your foundation of what your entire art is built off of, then basically not only you you just playing karate, but you're you're kidding yourself and your training and you're losing your expectations and whatever you're wanting to get out of it. Right. And then you're expecting, and that goes into, and that's a negative aspect that goes into teaching as well, because how often have we had this, whoops, my computer's yelling at me. Um, how, no, we're good. Um, how often is it that we've heard people get away from that and then everything looks like slop? Well, yeah. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I noticed for for years, and it, it goes back to you know intentionality and how you teach intentionality. I, I'll tell you what. You know, I've I've tried to teach intentionality for well the whole time I've been teaching because I think that's one of the most important pieces of it, but. It's, it, I don't know, sometimes I, I feel like that's one of the most, I think that's the thing that rubs me the wrong way when people practice. Or, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm an assistant instructor of this, and you watch them, and they have no intentionality of what they're doing at that point in time. Um, I'll, I'll, never, I'll never forget this. It was... Um, we're we're at a headquarters dojo, and the person that run the headquarters dojo lines us all up, and he wants us to do um, what was it called? It was um, it's exercise three with us, but it's kind of like what we always call the zigzag drill. Oh yeah, just, yeah. You know, and I learned a couple a different bit. versions of that, but. Right. And I learned it a little bit differently. But I'm watching everybody go, or the majority of the people going through this. And it was like, it was like a sick tree branch. And I'm not trying to make anybody felt bad, but uh, now, were their movements right? Yeah. But they had no intentionality in what they were doing. Nothing behind it. Nothing behind it. And you could, you could, you could see it, you could feel it. It was like, how in the heck do you expect to translate what you're learning 
to something real. And I guess right. that's 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 my expectation. And and it wasn't these were not beginner students. These were people who trained ten plus years. And I'm like, I'm like, come on. And so all of a sudden, I get called up to do it. And I was like the last one in line. So, you know, I'm kind of used to that. You know, that's fine. I'll, I'll be last. I'll be the caboose. And I get up there, and he's like, are you ready? And I mean, I'm, I'm literally shaking, ready for him to just say go. And I mean, everybody's like, is this person going to stroke out? What's going on? I mean, and, and so all of a sudden, as soon as we go, I mean, I'm just, I'm just like, going at it like like i'm in a fight you know and everybody's just like holy catfish and it, it's not not to say what i'm doing is right and what they're doing is wrong but there was no nothing behind what they were doing and no that's i mean and that's that's what you need, need when you do training i yeah. i think there's nuance to that because it it's that it's the term of fight the way you train train you train the way you're going to train the way you fight Mm -hmm. um the nuance behind that would be is that you know it's okay to keep things like slow and steady for for you know certain parts of training like if you you're talking about just going through like your your katas when you're when you're just kind of warming up for the day yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to hit that point which was you were just talking about when well. you're just waking up at five in the morning by the time you finish warming up, however, you should, if you've been training long enough, and you're in a group, you're in a class working out, and especially if you're the teacher, or you're somebody who's been training a while, you've got to represent it. You've yeah. got to show it. And if you're not doing that, even if it's a basic drill, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, that gets back to, you know, where's your presence at? I mean that. That gets into what my expectations, what my standards are. I mean, I mean, you might, to me, even if you don't do something perfect, and probably somebody's gonna, you know, they'll tear it up. Your Come arm on. was out of this position. Your elbow you, was out here. You know what? Shoulders were. You're, you're gonna learn a lot more from making mistakes than you are doing something perfect. I, I hate to say. <laughs> Trust me, I've learned a lot of, a lot of lessons from being stupid, you know, and, but. Well, it's also is that if you do everything, if the assumption of doing it, doing everything perfect is that you don't realize necessarily why you're doing it perfectly. You right. can be, or it's like saying is something in a, in a language you don't understand perfectly, but not understanding what it means. Right. And, and I, I think. I think today's society has gotten very bad about that. I think that's part of the part of the thing that we struggle with is because a lot of a lot of educational resources, you know, in our school systems, they get into, oh well, you have to have an A, you have to have an A, you have to have an A, you have to have an A. Well, now you've got I mean, when I grew up, you had one valedictorian, one person that was the top of the class, one. Now, that ain't so. I mean, you got, well, we don't want people to feel bad about themselves. Well, then you can't have... A valedictorian. Like, then, then just cut it. Yeah, it's like... You, it's you, fine you, to cut that stuff. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, 
Exactly. But don't, I agree. Don't, I, I would agree with you in that. Don't try to have seven people up there because then you're just going to make everybody feel worse. Or forty, you know, or have forty valedictorians. I'm like, that's even the, worse. What's the point? You know. And so, so anyway, I didn't mean to get off on that tangent, but it's well. And then you know that goes into. You know, we have an ex, and and then there goes into the expectation of rank, yeah. right? And then the training and t- that comes in terms of that. Uh, great movie, uh, the Street Fighter, not Street Fighter, the Street Fighter. Yeah, no, I'm not talking no. about like street that that like Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat type deal. Street Fighter, yeah. the movie, different movie, actually really great too. Maybe one day we'll talk about it. But um, that would be something. That would be a great New Year's thing we should do. Um, but uh, uh, the Street Fighter, um, same actor who played uh, the Swordmaker guy in Kill Bill, so he oh. did a lot. Of, he did a lot of uh, like legit. It was a karate movie. It wasn't a kung fu movie that they were saying was a karate movie. It was like straight up like a karate movie. And the what he was doing was training. And I forget if it was in the first or the second one, but he was. He was at some gym working out with some guy, and the guy was saying to him, Ah, karate's a great sport. Once you've obtained fourth done, all you need to do is make sure you stay in shape. And then no one will ever mess with you. And then a bunch of, you know, of the Yakuza or Triad guys, like, run in, and, you know, the fight starts or whatever. And the guy who said that at the kind of the end of the scene is just, like, cowering in the corner. Yeah. Um, because his expectation... How he booted his own training was well. I've gotten to this point. I don't need to actually do, do, do any other training than not get not get fat, and that was it. Right. And then not realizing, like the other guy, the more serious guy. Um, I want to say his name is Sonny Chiba, but I feel people will come at me and say I'm wrong. I think it is Sonny Chiba. Sonny Chiba ends up just like mopping the floor with all these guys. He's like, I don't care about that stuff, and like gets out of there. It, that's a it's a weird weird seventies. Um, yeah, it's very weird by today's standards, and kind of does some things that are not okay. But um, it, wow. it's a it's a great karate movie in itself. So yeah, no, it, it, it is interesting because I mean, I ran into this. I'll, I'll kind of make a parallel onto this. I ran into a little bit of this. In my my daughter, the she takes volleyball. And, Around here, volleyball is it is pretty competitive. I mean, they start kids out in first grade around here, and it's like holy cow, yeah. So, so right now, I mean, she's she's building her skills and stuff, and so so I gotta get this out because it, this is my therapy part of this session. So, <laughs> I, I, I I I'm really trying to work on my personal communication. So. So I'm sitting there with another dad, you know, finally the other dad just like, you know, they need to be doing this. They need to be doing that. They need to be doing that. You know what I mean? I'm just like, okay. coach. well, I mean, the coaches that are coaching these little kids were the ones that were, they're coaching the high school team. And this, I guess this year they went to the state tournament. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to listen to them. You, you, you know, I'm just trying to, okay, but I, it got to the point where it's like there was part of the stuff that I I agreed with him a little bit, but on the most part, it's like, look, 
this is mainly a skills camp and a skill setting. They need to develop their fundamentals. They need to get a passion for the game, understand the strategy of the game before they really get into, hey, we're going to play this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, but, you know, sometimes you just can't break through to people. And that gets into, you know, I mean, that gets into everything that we're talking about. It, it's like this person had a certain expectation that was to be delivered for his his daughter and granddaughter, I don't know what it was, but he, he was, he, I, he's a very unhappy person, but it, I was just like, okay, whatever. But, you know, I, I saw it more, okay, they're building skills and stuff, but that was his expectation. My expectation was my daughter needs to build skills and enjoy the game and learn the strategy of it right now. Yeah, at seven years old, they're not going to be like, well, they need to be in a better... I don't I don't know what volleyballs, any of the rules are. I just scream a lot during volleyball when I play it. Um, I, I get really Philadelphia at volleyball, but... Um, yeah, they just need to, 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 to enjoy it. They need to enjoy themselves. I teach first graders. Like, they, they need to enjoy what they're doing. They need to... they kind of, And you need to develop the kind of the listening and the discipline of, of kind of start, starting at that age, but... At the end of the day, they need to enjoy what they're doing. But, but I mean, this ties clear back to almost everything we're talking about. You've right. got expectations of the person playing. You've got expectations of, you know, sometimes the parents. You've got expectations of the of the coaches and stuff. And I, thought the coaches, I thought the coaches handled it really, really well. They're like, we're developing skills. They're not going to go on a tournament team in second and third and fourth grade, they're not going to do it. You know, yeah. they better start building skills. And that's the same way with you know, karate. It's like, you know, when you first start, you're building skills, you're building repetition, you're building intention, you're building all these different things. And for, you know, for somebody to say, well, you know, this, 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 and it's like, you know, and if you're just going through the motions, that's all you're going to do, and that's all you're going to get out of it. So, yeah. no, I, I'm always kind of two minds when you end up teaching kids. I think, um, especially when you when you gets young, and then there's you know not just intention, intention and expectation, but also perception. Mm-hmm. Right, like when you get the little guy, when you get little guys in there, how do you, how do you, how do you attract you know people who are adults? How do you structure classes where it's just like, all right, little guy, bye. All right, main main class with adults. Um, and some people who can do one can't always do the other. Right. Um, yep. But at the end of the day, you've got you you have to understand your expectations. You need to hold on to your expectations but understand the reality in which you're going to face them in. Well, and I think one other thing just to tie into is also understand what your limitations are and what you're, right. you know. Oh, yeah. Because it gets into personal training expectations too, right? Right. I mean, well, I mean, personal training, person, you know, and along with teaching expectations, you know, what are your limitations? You know, right now my training limitations are, you know, my knee right now, it's like, I, you know, there, there's certain limitations I've got, period, in the discussion. 
you know, until I get this either resolved or whatever's going to happen with it. So, so, but. Right. My, I mean, my problem with that was just like over expectation. Yeah. Um, too much, too much, too much pressure. You know, when you end up putting a lot of pressure on yourself, you end up freezing. And that can, and that is, that is the most unproductive you can ever be. You can do a little, and you can do a little every day and get a lot done. Right. But if you end up trying to do a lot every day, you'll get nothing done. Yeah. So, exactly. and then and that all flows over to classes too. Yeah. What you were just saying in the beginning, listicling, listicling karate can be great, but it's not. It shouldn't be in every class type deal. Right. Cool. Exactly. So, I think that na- that nails everything into the head, <laughs> into the he- into the head of his nail. But well, I mean, for, I mean, for the most part, I mean, so I think we've covered a lot. So cool, cool, cool. So, what you got going on this week in terms of training? I mean, how's the how's the knee treating you? Um, it, it was okay until about three days ago, and then I. Somehow I was walking in a parking lot or something. Just I, it was like a wasn't a pothole, but it was like a dip in the pavement and totally straightened out my knee and it hyperextended my knee back. Oh god! Even in my brace, so it's kind of like yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty sore. So I mean, so I've so I'm. It's like I took, you know, a couple steps forward. Now I'm taking 10 steps back. I'm like, okay, guys, calm down, calm down, calm down. So, again, that's probably, I'm going to start working on mainly some light footwork drills, and that's mainly it. And so, not nothing heavy. It's just real light. Just try to get, get some movement in that knee, so. That sucks. Yeah, that we can put a thing. man on the moon, but we can't can't make straight roads. Yeah, or flat roads. Well, that's that's just Missouri. So yeah, anyway, yeah, Pennsylvania is full full, full potholes. Well, yeah, depending so. depending on your tax bracket. Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly right. So, as you had suggested to me a couple of weeks ago, um, when we were talking off air about linseed oil and crafting weapons. Because mm-hmm. around where I am, oddly enough, even though I'm very close to a very famous maker of karate products, they are uh, oddly resistant to actually sending them to me. So the shut up and take my money aspect of that is apparently not working. Um, so I'm trying to uh, figure out a way of just constructing my own Kobodo. Mm-hmm. Issue is that there's like very little to no... Materials around here I can use for that. So, oddly enough. So, yeah. got to figure out how to actually do that. And, you know, there's a couple of Kobodo th- weapons that have not, a couple of uh, weapons I have not worked on for some time since moving to Japan. And I think it's just, you know, it's time to just try to even make a crude version of it so I can start working on it. So, yeah, absolutely. No, that's cool. That's cool. Cool, cool. All right. Anything you you got in terms of uh, 
call, any calls out call out call outs you want to make any things you want to plug no not really I'm, I'm good right now so right on right on well folks uh keep please rem- please remember to donate to the sherry joe uh castle fund uh thanks as always for listening and keep training <laughs>